Thanks, guys. Well, interesting. We've got the, the cross there with flowers on. And uh, many people have asked me, why? Why are we doing that? You know, we uh, had Mitch last week talking about the cross and, you know, how, you know, for, for us as Christians, uh, well, especially the Protestant uh, Christians, we always have an empty cross up there. So you can see behind us the cross. It's a, a symbol that, that means a lot. Um, the Catholic Church have Jesus on the cross. And, you know, one of the things is that we're like, yeah, but that's an empty cross. Jesus isn't any longer up there. And that's why we do that. We have this, this cross, this symbol. But every time we see the cross, what does it remind us of? The death of Christ, right? Still the death of Christ. And you know what? That's great. We've got this cross, this empty cross. Jesus died for our sin. And God demanded a sacrifice for that sin. But there's something that was missing. You see, lots of people have gone on the cross. They were crucified. People that were, were being punished by the Roman Empire lifted up on that cross. And guess what? Many people were taken down from the cross as well. So we could easily say, well, that cross, lots of people got taken down from a cross. There's nothing significant really about that empty cross without what follows. An empty grave. A Christ that rose again through the power of the Holy Spirit bringing him back from the dead. Conquering sin, death and the grave. And actually, really, I guess if we were trying to think about it more, more clearly, we'd say that shouldn't we just have an empty grave up there? Jesus is risen. And symbols tell us a lot, don't they? So I'm going to show you a picture right now. Cue David. <laughs> there we go. When you see that, what do you think? Anzac Day? Remembrance Day? Poppies in the field? Why do you think that? Because that's what we've come to identify it with. Let's have another look at the poppy. This is a a drawing of the poppy um, from a botanical book, Papaver Roes. Thank you, my Latin is awesome. <laughs> Man, look at it. It's like we look at that and we're thinking Anzac Day, but it's a flower. It's something that, 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 burns, that has burnt itself in our mind over time. Now, it's also used for Remembrance Day, and in fact, it's mainly... The, the armies or the, the empire countries, that, that, that's part of that. And this poppy was made famous by a poem in Flanders Fields, which is why it's sort of taken root around the world. Now, this flower itself is actually very weed-like. So if you went to a, 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 a place where these grow, you'd, you'd know that they're sort of like a weed growing up, that there's been a disturbance in the soil. Something had happened to the ground around it, and so the poppy, as it is, has a very long life seed. So what happens is when it flowers and seeds, uh, we can probably take that off, I guess. Um, when it flowers and seeds, the seed stays in the soil for a really long time. 
And what happens is when it's disturbed, the, the poppy can grow again. It's like one of those sort of uh, plants that, that goes out and starts the work, I guess, of re-vegetating an area, a weed-like flower. And in fact, in Flanders Field, where this was made famous, they're saying there's hardly any poppies left because over time, cultivation has come in and the ground's more settled and things like that. But why were there poppies growing in the wartime? Why was it that when this guy wrote uh, the poem about in Flanders Fields that he was standing in front of a grave and of, of soldiers and there's all poppies growing? Why was that the case? Because in war, guess, guess what gets disturbed? The ground gets disturbed. There's bombs, there's shelling, there's people running, there's horses in World War I running across it. There's all these things happening. And the ground is being ploughed over, so to speak, and out of that disturbance comes these flowers that, that rise, and, and they, they're beautiful, but they're signifying something that is coming from death, and this is why we're flowering that cross today. Why does it matter so much to us today? The disturbance that is caused in our life, the disturbance that happened to the ground, and I'm going to read two passages today that, that remind us of the death and resurrection. Matt's already read one this morning when we started. But there was a disturbance to the ground at that time. The, the passage that Matt read out talked about how the angel had rolled back the stone and there was an earthquake. Something had happened. The ground was disturbed. Because Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. The other passage we're going to read is about when Jesus died on the cross and what happened then and how there was this same thing that happened, a disturbance of the ground. Our passages today are going to be from Matthew. And Matthew was a tax collector that had become a follower of Jesus. And this is significant in itself when I'm talking about what I'm talking about today because guess what? Tax collectors were hated. They were hated. They were like the bottom of the barrel type people that lived in those days. Today we love tax collectors, but then it was different. <laughs> but Matthew himself had been so disturbed by the words of Jesus Christ, there had been something inside of him that had been disturbed, that new life had come to him. And the passages we're going to read are from his gospel, the gospel of Matthew. So the first one is Matthew 27, verse 45 to 54. At noon, darkness... I'm not, they're not going to be up on the screen, by the way, guys, these two passages. So read along in your Bible or just listen carefully. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. At about three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Lima Sebekthani which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him on a reed stick so he could drink. But the rest said, wait, let's see whether Elijah comes to save him. Then Jesus shouted out again and he released his spirit. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, rocks split apart and tombs opened. The bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. They left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection, went into the holy city of Jerusalem and appeared to many people. 
the Roman officer and the other soldiers at the crucifixion were terrified by the earthquake and all that had happened. They said, this truly was the Son of God. You see, at that moment when the earth was shaken, dead came back to life, even before Christ had risen again. The saints it talks about. And that's important for us to remember that, that us as Christians, we also will experience the resurrection of the dead. In fact, Jesus proclaimed this time that he's talking about in John 5.28. He said there's a time, a time was coming when the dead would hear his voice. Those that had already died. And we could see here as Jesus was hanging on that cross, as he shouted out, why have you abandoned me to his father, knowing that he would still be raised from the dead, yet going through such anguish, Jesus still acted in faith. On that cross, he acted in faith. And he believed his father would not let him stay dead, but rise him again from the grave. And the power was so great that the earth shook that that those that were already dead in tombs, they were opened up because of the shaking and they walked out. Dead people rose up from the dead and walked through the city. Uh, That's pretty crazy, right? But that's the power that God has. That's the power of the death of Jesus Christ. That is the power where we see God unleashed on this earth. We'll go to Matthew 28, 1 to 6. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone and sat on it. His face shone like lightning. His clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women, Don't be afraid, he said. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body was lying. Again, we hear this this earthquake had taken place and suddenly there was a change, a disturbance. And this morning we've decorated a cross with flowers to remind us of that very thing, that from his death new life sprung. From the disturbance that had happened, suddenly we were brought to a new kingdom, from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of life. The poppy seeds are long lived and so is the death of Jesus Christ. In fact, it continues to today that anyone who believes in him will be saved. The power of the death and the resurrection has not been dulled or blunted over time. In fact, it only gets greater as God's grace is more and more revealed in this earth. His salvation for all men. We looked a few weeks ago at the confronting of sin. How that In order for our salvation, sin had to be confronted. And that was done on the cross. It was also done through Jesus' walk through the earth, wasn't it? When he said, I'll heal the sick. He even raised the dead while he was walking through the earth. He prophesied, he ministered, he loved on people. I'm just going to read from Luke 4.18. And this is when Jesus announced his ministry. And then we're going to look at the original scripture that that came from. Because Jesus was actually teaching and reading in the synagogue this day. Luke chapter 4, verse 16 to 19. Now, if you ever want 
a passage to you to tell you that you should have a habit of coming to church. This is awesome. So he came to Nazareth when he had, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. He was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. We'll just stop there. That's where Jesus closed the book when he read that. We're going to read the rest of what that prophecy in Isaiah said. But many people will say this, that there's a point right now where Jesus said, this is my job right now. And there's a day of vengeance coming, which is what we'll move on to. But also what was the result of this confrontation of sin? We'll read Isaiah 61, verse 1 to 3. Now you will recognize a lot of these words because we just read them. (laughs) The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. So here we have Jesus, the Messiah. When he's reading from the scriptures from Isaiah, he's announcing that he's here to to heal the damage that sin causes. The damage that sin brings, it's done great damage to our lives. And there needed to be a great work of redemption. Because sin impoverishes, he will preach good tidings to the poor. Because sin breaks hearts, he will heal the brokenhearted. Because sin makes captives, he will proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to those who are bound. Because sin oppresses, he will proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, that you are free because of me. Sin is a crime that has to be avenged. And eventually there will be a vengeance that comes from God. Isn't it wonderful that Jesus did that? But let's go on. What else will happen to those who believe? Because sin brings grief, he will comfort all who mourn. And it's not just this little comfort where it's like it will be okay. The whole point of the resurrection, the life, the new life that springs from this death, as in those flowers right there, is that things change in our lives. They absolutely change. We become transformed. Our whole life becomes transformed. The extent of this restoration is so wonderfully described here in the scripture. It says, instead of the ashes of mourning, what are we doing when we're looking at someone who's dead? When Jesus died, what were the disciples doing? They were hiding, they were mourning. They were going... What just happened? I thought this is the saviour. But instead of the ashes of mourning, which is something that they used to do, 
They used to throw ashes on themselves when, when someone had died and they'd, they'd throw ashes all over the place. Because it was significant, it was the death. At the end of a fire, everything is consumed and the same at the end of a life that everything is consumed. You might be at the end of your life today. Now, I don't mean you're going to die tomorrow. Maybe it is that. Maybe there's something else happening in your life, but instead of that, God wants to turn it around. And he said he gives his people beauty instead of mourning. He gives his people the oil of joy. Instead of the spirit of heaviness, he gives the garment of praise. And for us as Christians, we don't want to long, no longer sit in the ashes of our life, do we? Why do we mourn? Why do we be heavy? Why do we, we, we be bound load when Jesus has given us something so much better? An eternal life, something to look forward to, a hope that springs like the flowers in the fields. The ashes, the ashes which were often thrown on the head when people were in mourning is now this beautiful crown of righteousness that sits upon each and everyone's head who believes. And so as Christians, this joy should be filling our soul. And this morning as we're celebrating the resurrected Christ, that is exactly what we should be living in because it's okay. It's okay and it's fine and it's wonderful for us to be reminded that Jesus died for our sin. But we need to also be reminded that he rose again from the dead so that we're no longer in that old life but we're resurrected to something new. That it's not just our sins are forgiven but now we are created after God in true righteousness. That we are now the sons and daughters of the living God. That now we are able to do all things through Christ who strengthens us. That we are the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath. That he's given us everything thing we need for life and godliness that by his stripes we are healed all these things given to us a gift from god they spring out of the new life that came when jesus was resurrected from the grave and he was resurrected by the great and mighty power of the holy spirit and that same holy spirit lives inside each one of us who believe the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives inside of you. In fact, there's been a disturbance in your soul. The day that you got born again, there was a disturbance, wasn't there? It was like what I believed, what I knew, what I thought was all of a sudden broken apart. My heart of stone was shattered and the love of God shone into my life like never before. <laughs> We need a disturbance in our soul. A disturbance that opens up for the seed of life and hope and love and the seed of the gospel to flourish inside of us. Don't be scared of it. Don't be scared when God shows you things that need to change. Don't be scared when, when you feel like nothing's going to work out, don't be scared. Put your trust fully and wholly in him because he has planted in us this seed of life, an incorruptible seed. It doesn't matter how long that you've been away from God, the seed of God, when it comes into your life, it's uncorrupted. It has the same life-giving power for every single person that sits here today. It belongs to us. This is a free gift from our Heavenly Father, from that death, from that horrible cross that was no doubt covered in blood, like we just see wood or a cross shape. But can you imagine what was on that cross? 
Was there hair from his arm that had got caught on a bit of wood? Was there blood that, that was smudged in? Was it the first time that cross was used? Who knows what was on that cross? Was it the vomit from a person whose, whose lungs were being crushed as the weight of their own body suffocated them? Was it the sour wine that was pushed up into Jesus' face? Whatever was on the cross, the blood that flowed gave us hope eternal. It gave us life forever because the death of Jesus Christ won a victory. A victory over sin. But from that death came new life because Jesus Christ did not stay in the ground. He rose again from the dead and today as Christians all around the world we are celebrating that the resurrection of our beautiful, lovely, wonderful, kind and blessed Saviour, Jesus Christ. And I just wanted to finish with this, Psalm 30, verse 4 and 5. Because this is exactly what has happened in our life. Those who are away from God, you feel a grief right now. If you are in this building right now today, you will know that you need to turn to Jesus. But you don't have to. The choice is yours. Psalm 30 verse 4 and 5 says this, Sing to the Lord, all you godly ones. Praise his holy name, for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favour lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. And can you imagine as Jesus hung on that cross, the weeping that happened? Can you imagine as his mum Mary looked upon that cross? As his friends were there, as his followers were wondering what had happened? After seeing him so brutalised. <laughs> but joy came in the morning. And on that Easter Sunday, when those ladies went to the tomb and they were met by an angel in dazzling white, and he said, Why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is alive. Isn't that amazing? Let's celebrate that together today. And we are actually going to do communion this morning. Um, I'll just pray before we, we go ahead and do that. And we'll be coming up the front and we've got our glasses where we'll dip our bread in, the bread signifying the body of Christ, broken for you and for many. The blood of Christ, which is the juice there that's representing Jesus, again, these symbols that should burn into our heart. The blood that was shed for the remission of my sin the body broken for my healing. Maybe your bodily healing this morning. Hold on to that, come up, and, and when you get that bread, thank God for your healing, physical healing, mental healing, whatever it might be. Maybe today you just need that forgiveness. Don't hide from Jesus. He already knows. Take this moment as you think about that that grape juice as being the blood of Christ that cleanses you from all sin. And the Bible is so beautiful, it tells us the truth. And it says that if we confess our sins to God, 
he will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Take advantage of that this morning as we come up. Um, we'll just get the musicians up and, and I'll just pray. If we could all just bow our heads. And... Father, we just want to thank you so much for the gift of your son, Jesus. Thank you for the new life that came. And we are partakers of it. This morning, I just pray that we would enter into it fully, that we would not be the people that we were. Perhaps you're not even saved this morning. You've never given your heart to Jesus. You can pray with me now and invite him into your life. Father God, I thank you for the death of Jesus and more importantly, I thank you for his resurrection. Lord, I've been lost in sin, but I want that new life that comes through you. Forgive me today, I pray in Jesus' name. From this day on, I just want to live for you. Amen. Okay, guys, the, the band's going to be playing a, a beautiful song called The Blessing as we come and have communion. So those on communion, if you could come up the front and just hold that and just walk down the aisles and back, that's nice and orderly. <laughs>